Welcome to the Gospel Ministry of Exchange Church. Thank you for connecting with us for our Bible talk today, and please feel free to share these talks with others as well. It's our desire to connect people to Jesus and grow people in Jesus. To find out more about us, please visit our website, www.exchangechurch.org.au. We're going through a series called Change. Uh, um, the, the vision of Exchange Church is connecting people to Jesus and growing people in Christ as well. Uh, and part of this growing is going through a process of change. And that's exactly what uh, Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to be changed. Changed people. Understanding who we are and the brokenness we have, but now changed and refashioned and reformed into new people. Now understanding who God is. So if you're with us for the first time wondering what do we do now? Well, we open up the Bible we, and we read out a passage and then we begin to talk about the passage, how that affects our lives and impacts our lives and how we put it into place as well in our lives as well to live a life that brings praise and honour and glory to God. So we are going to do that right now. So just imagine uh, with me this situation. Here we go again. Same old, same old. Someone has disagreed with what I said and I've reacted the same old way. I raised my voice and let them know exactly what I thought of their ideas. And the louder I raised my voice, the more power I felt I had in that situation and let them know that their ideas were never going to be as good as my ideas. A few hours later, when I cooled down, I think to myself, I'm sick of living like this. Why do I keep exploding out of control? I just keep doing the same old thing. In desperation, we cry out, something's got to change. Something's got to change. That's precisely what God is doing with us. He's changing us. From the inside out, the Holy Spirit is working in us a change to become more like Christ, to become more like Jesus. We're going to have a look at that today here in Romans chapter 12. So go with you with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We're going to read the first two verses there. Verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to gather together this morning, Lord, here at Golden Valley Christian Fellowship in the campus there, and also, Lord, for those who are still uh, at home. Uh, We ask and pray now that, Holy Spirit, this word that you have breathed, this word that you have inspired, this word that has been written for us thousands of years ago is a word that is still alive today and speaks into our hearts. We pray just work in these words now, a supernatural work of change of change. And Lord, we ask for that help now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, just a quick re- uh, recap where we come from last week. We sort of kicked off this change series uh, last week and what's, uh, what was happening there. Uh, God's, I'm just going to give you like three or four statements to sort of just lock them back in your mind again. Uh, God's will for our life is our sanctification. You'll think that's a massive big word, but that just means to be separated from sin. So no longer living in sinful ways, but now to live in a way that pleases and honours God. We would call that living in holiness foundational change so foundational change takes place through the holy spirit when we are born again that is at our conversion to jesus through the gospel there's this uh, supernatural foundational change that changes us within that takes place when we are born again and converted uh, to following jesus christ that's a glorious change foundational change now with our new identity in christ I'm now identified by who Jesus is and what he's done for me at the cross. This foundational change becomes the bedrock or the solid ground for all ongoing continual change. So this foundational change that God works in our hearts and minds, this becomes the bedrock or or the, the or the solid ground for all ongoing continual change. Another statement... All continual change has the goal of us being formed into the image of Jesus Christ, becoming like him and loving and uh, living way before God. So all, all ongoing change is to be formed into the image of Jesus. Another one, all the change that we undertake is a work of grace. Really important to get that. All change that we undergo is a work of grace from the love of God towards us. If God's not working in our lives by his grace, we're, probably, we're not going to change. All change is a work of God's grace in our lives from his love towards us as his created people. Change is a good thing. It's a really good thing that God does with us. And the change that God does with us is a heart change. It's a heart change. The spirit transforms us from the inside. So working on the central control system of who we are. It's not an external change. It does work out to the external, but it's an internal change that happens on the inside of us. Uh, Jesus says this in Mark chapter 7 about change. For from within, out of the heart of man, uh, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, uh, theft, murder and adultery. So Jesus is nailing it right there. It's an internal work that happens inside of us. It's something's got to change on the inside. So that's where this work takes place. And our big idea for today as we think about this uh, is this. Through the gospel, through the good news of Christ, through the gospel, we must be inwardly transformed by the complete overhaul of our mind to live a life of God-glorifying worship. So through the gospel, we must be inwardly transformed, inwardly transformed by the complete overhaul of our mind to live a life of God-glorifying worship. Okay, so reading for the book of Romans. The book of Romans is a rich, beautiful and powerful picture of the gospel. It's just a very comprehensive uh, picture of the the life of Christ and the work that he's done to change us. Uh, Up to this point, so reading up to chapter 12, uh, Paul writes a very deep unfolding of the grace of God in Jesus Christ over 11 chapters. So the preceding 11 chapters here that Paul is writing, it's all about who Jesus is. It's all about who we are in our brokenness and it's all about what Jesus has done to rescue us from ourselves. So it's like 11 chapters where Paul's just sort of expanding this out, 
saying all these amazing and glorious things about what God has done for us through the person of Jesus Christ. And then Paul gets to chapter 12 here, where we just read those couple of verses from, and Paul makes this really big transition, really big transition right here. He goes from what we call theology or understanding about who God is or information of who God is. He goes from theology to practice, to practice. Because this actually is what Christianity is all about. It's theology, it's the understanding of who God is, but it's now lived out in a very practical way. It's practical Christianity. It's the gospel getting traction in our lives. It's a bit like this. Because of what Jesus has done, Paul writes over the previous 11 chapters, because of who Jesus is, now live like this. Because of the gospel, because of the good news of Christ and his death, life, death, burial and resurrection, now respond in life like this. It's 11 chapters of that. Now it's 12, the 12, uh, chapter 12 onwards. This is how it now looks. And particularly here, the verses 1 and 2 from chapter 12, it's very similar to Thessalonians, uh, First Thessalonians from last week. That's a tricky word to say fast, isn't it? Can I just share a little story with you? You're okay with that? Um, it's really off topic, but it'll be okay. It just, it just occurred to me then. When our kids were losing their teeth, I used to ask them to say, thick, thistly, thistle, really quick. And obviously, when your front teeth are gone, you can't really say that. But if I added Thessalonians in there as well, they could have really mixed things up for them. So anyway, silly little thing. Anyway, it's similar to last week from 1 Thessalonians. The will of God for your life is your transformation into holiness. Very similar where Paul's going, which fits right in with change and transformation for ourselves. Okay, let's jump into it. Paul starts with an appeal in verse 1. Have a look there with me in verse 1. He says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I appeal to you, therefore. The transition word is therefore. Therefore, because of everything I've said in chapters 1 to 11, therefore, because of that, I appeal to you. I appeal to you. I'm pleading with you. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Give up your bodies now as a living sacrifice. Present yourself as a pleasing aroma before the Lord. Give up your life to Jesus, the one who's purchased your salvation, the one who's gone to the cross and paid for the price of your sins. That is now Paul is saying, live a life of holiness in response to what Jesus has done for you. I appeal to you, do this as your spiritual worship. Well, then we might ask ourselves, what does that look like, Paul? What does this spiritual worship look like that you're now appealing to us for? Well, Paul goes on here, and the first thing he tells us about this, in this spiritual worship, is to no longer be conformed to this world. Have a look in the first part of verse 2. It says this, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. From the day we are born and right throughout all of our lives, we are constantly being influenced and shaped by many, many things outside of us that are actually tugging and pulling on our heart within. There's a myriad of things that are trying to influence our lives. We are all looking for identity in this world. We're all looking to discover who I am, where do I fit in, 
What's my place in life? Where do I find my spot in the line? But because of sin, because of our brokenness, we've actually lost sight of who we are. We don't know who we are. And we're trying to discover it again. So in our quest to find out who I am and what life is all about and where do I fit, we're really easily open to outside influences that shape us and try and inform us about life. It's a whole range of things trying to actually work within us to help me form or make or discover my identity. Now here's an example that happened in my own life many, many years ago, back in my primary school days, which actually highlights this. I can, I can remember back in my primary school days, the in thing back then was rugby tops. You had this, like a rugby jersey. I can still remember walking into the sports shop and seeing all these rugby tops up on the display. And my eyes just were... Just couldn't believe how amazing they were. If you had a rugby top, you were cool. You were in. If you could just wear one of these things, you were in like Flynn. Most of my friends had these rugby tops, and when I looked at them, I thought, they're cool. They are cool for what they're wearing. This influenced me. I wanted a rugby top. I wanted to be cool. I thought if I wore one of those, it would make me feel like I'm cool. It was actually an influence coming upon me from outside, tugging me and pulling me. What was I doing there as I was experiencing that? I was being conformed, I was being shaped, I was being influenced by these influences outside of me. And this is what Paul means here by the word conformed. It's a bit like being squeezed into a mould. It's a bit like being pressured into a position. It's a bit like pressured into a shape. And these outside influences, they begin to exert pressure on me. And they probably begin to exert pressure on you as well. As I see my friends wearing these rugby tops back in about grade five or grade six, it's a desire, maybe a bit like a pressure, starts to work on me, you need one of them, you need one of them. If you want to be cool, you need one of them. It's like it just starts to work on me. like, And it's starting to push me. It's starting to push me down a pathway or, or push me into a mould. And I say that because that desire becomes, comes from this identity issue. It's like it's trying to be like the world that's around about me. It's just working on me like that. Now, that's only a mild example of conforming. But for me, it was happening at about age 10 or 11, just the way things were beginning to put a pressure on me. It didn't stop then. It still keeps happening for me today, just the same. I've moved on from rugby tops, of course. You know, I've, I've, I've graduated from that. But I see lots of other things in this world. And it's amazing how it just begins to grab me and just says, you need this. If you want to fit in, you, you need this. If you want to actually make it, you, you need this. It just doesn't go away. It just keeps lingering around there. Now, not everything about the world is sinful or evil when I talk about these forces because there's nothing wrong with a rugby top. It's not sinful. So don't get me wrong there. There's much that we can rejoice in and there's much that's beautiful in this world. So let's not get it wrong there. But also at the same time, we need to be aware of the godless ways that are in this world that are squeezing us into its mould that are exerting pressure upon us. Whether it's trying to get ahead in life and everybody else is doing shonky deals or deceptive stuff, just trying to, you know, whatever, to get ahead by doing whatever, 
that's a pressure to just do deceptive things and lie about stuff to try and get more. That's another pressure that's trying to conform us into a mould. Or whether we just go along with a crowd and shaming other people for maybe stuff they've done wrong, we, we can easily just jump on board and start to shame them as well. There's a whole range of things here that's working in this world to push us into this mould and squeeze us, exert pressure on us. All of this stuff stems from our heart, what's happening within, what's ruling our heart. Or another way you could say this, an idol of the heart, something that's really strong in my heart, that it's gravitating towards these desires. See, what was ruling my heart in the rugby top days back decades ago, was coolness. That was the idol. It was the idol. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be maybe successful. And that was how it was working in my head there back when I was about 10 or 11. And to be cool, I needed to have this rugby top, this, this identity of coolness or this idol of being cool. I need to get these things to make me cool. Now, it can come in a whole range of ways. For others, it may be an idol of comfort. It may be a ruling desire in my heart is I need to be comfortable at all costs, at all costs. See, if that's the case, that comfort becomes the ruling thing in my heart, then I'll buy into the world's ways or the world's attitudes of comfort and ease is what life is all about, being comfortable and doing things easily. And if that's the case with this constraining, this pressuring of what the world's doing to me, looking for ease and comfort, I'll always look for the easy path in everything. I just want the easy way. I'll take the, 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 the path with the least amount of work, the path of least resistance. I just want ease and comfort in my life because that's what rules my heart and I'll fall into the ways of the world. And why will I do that in the sense of looking for ease and comfort? Because I don't want to be pushed out of my comfort zone. I don't want things to unsettle me. Because if, if comfort's ruling my heart, anything that comes along to try and actually push me out of that, I'm just not going to buy into it because comfort rules my heart. My agenda's about simple. It's about easy. I don't want to be uncomfortable because comfort and ease is ruling my heart. My idol of comfort says, you've earned this. You've deserved this. This is your right. This is your entitlement to be comfortable. So you don't have to do anything that's going to make you uncomfortable. But then the gospel comes along and changes me and says, actually, uh, a lot of stuff in the, the work of the gospel is hard work. It's challenging work. It's difficult. We had lots of people here very early this morning setting up for church, which is a great thing, and we are super thankful for that. But that's not easy getting here at 6.30 or 7 o'clock this morning on a Sunday morning. But if I've got something like comfort and ease ruling my heart, I probably won't want to do that. So the gospel changes us. So Paul says, don't be conformed, don't be squeezed or shaped or influenced by the ways of this world in the path of gospel change. Don't let the world dictate to you how we think. Paul moves on though, and he says positively now, be transformed or be changed. Have a look in verse 2 as we just take that a bit further. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Become the new person you now are. Become the person that Jesus has given you new life for. 
undertake the process, Paul says, of growing and changing into a brand new person. Don't be conformed, but be transformed, be changed. Paul says it in a number of other letters. He says, put off the old self and put on the new self. Walk in a whole new manner of life. Paul does this regularly through his letters. It's gospel theology at the front, and now it's practical outworking or practical living of the gospel later on. Put off the old self, put on the new self. Well, how are we going to do that, Paul? You're calling us into positive change, and we want this positive change. How are we going to do that, Paul? Well, Paul doesn't leave us guessing. Let's follow on a bit further in verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, negative, but be transformed, positive. How, Paul? By the renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. Paul says the first thing that's got to change with you is your thinking. Your thinking has got to change. Paul's saying you've got to be completely renewed and overhauled in your thinking. Now, our mind is a powerful thing. It is ridiculously powerful. I'm I'm not a little bit hard to know for sure here, but Google ranges between 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day is what's sort of happening through our mind. That is crazy when you think about it. That's like 45 thoughts a minute are going through your mind. If now you're not sure about the power of your mind, tell me what happens when you wake up some nights at three o'clock in the morning and your mind just kicks into gear. You can't stop it, can you? It just goes and goes and it's just thinking about a whole range of crazy things. It's this colossal machine we have in our head here that's processing and dealing with thoughts, just coming at us all the time. And this other, this other stat I read the other day, which I thought was amazing as well, as these thoughts are shaping and influencing us, this stat I read, um, the statistics sorry, that I read the other day, said that most of our thinking, most of the work of this colossal machine up here, is about 80% done in responding, responding to the issues of life that we go through. So it's not, much, not so much initiative thinking, but it's actually responsive thinking, responding to certain things. A bit like this. Uh, somebody says something to me. What do I do? I process their words, their thinking, their thoughts, and I form a response in my mind to what they've said. And then this just goes back and forth in a conversation. They say something, I process, I respond. They say something, I process, I respond. It's just an ongoing process. I receive an email. Could be good, could be bad. I process those words as I read through them and my mind is taking them all in and it's what's communicated to me. And then what do I do? I form a response to that email. I'm responding. Or... I hear of a certain circumstance described to me, what has taken place, what somebody supposedly said and what they did. Take James and Hannah this morning. We hear about last night how um, Lil went to hospital. We, we take all those thoughts in and we have a response. And our response is we want to pray for them. We want to love them. We want to care for them. So we're continually taking these things in and our mind is continually making a response. Like they say, 80% of our thinking is done in responding to certain situations and thoughts. What is our mind? Our mind is a gateway. It's a gateway to what influences our lives and how we are shaped in this life. It's amazing what takes place in our mind. All the influences that we receive over time contribute to the way that we react 
or respond in life. Think like this. You may have had an upbringing where the way to respond to someone who does something bad to you, they might come and take some of your property or whatnot, or they do a good do a bad turn towards you, you may have had an upbringing where the response from that is, well, you just go settle the score. They take something off you, well, you just go around and take something off them. That, that may have been the upbringing you've had. And if that is your upbringing, that's actually how you begin to respond because that's the influence that you've had in your life. If they do something bad to you, will you go do something bad to them? All these things are shaping the way we think and the way we respond with our thoughts. Paul says that's got to be completely renewed. That's got to be completely overhauled. This is the transformation that God graciously calls us into, that it starts with a complete overhaul of our mind an overhaul of our thinking so Paul why why do we start with our thinking because our thinking is constantly evaluating processing how we're going to respond to something so we've got to get our thinking right so that we respond right with the right word or the right action right thinking leads to right living if we don't get the right thinking it will not lead to right living in the path of gospel transformation look at what it says here in verse 2 as we follow that on again do not be conformed to this world but be transformed says paul how by the renewal of our mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect so what's our mind doing it's testing It's discerning what the will of God is or what is good and acceptable and pleasing and perfect to God. Our mind is evaluating. Our mind is testing. Our mind is is trying to work out how should I respond in this situation? How do I discover then what is good and perfect and acceptable before God? How do I discover what that is in this evaluation, this testing process? We've got to go here. We've got to go to God's word. We've got to go to the Holy Spirit who works in that word in perfect harmony, revealing to me God's will, God's truth. What is the Bible? The Bible is information. The Bible is theology. It's the knowledge of God. It's who he is. It's who I am. And it's what he requires of me as his creation. To discern, to test, to evaluate how to think in this world, I've got to know God. Otherwise, I'm just shooting in the dark. I'm just forming my own opinions if I don't form it on God's truth. I need to know God's purposes. I need to know God's thinking. I need to know who God is and what he said. I need to know God if I'm going to test and evaluate and discern what is good and proper. So to continue on in this path of ongoing change, my mind and my thinking has to be renewed with the truth of who God is. And Paul is saying here, we've got to know God. We've got to know who he is. And we've got to think the same way as God as well. How do I do that? Very simply, we come back to what God has told us. It's written in his word. We immerse ourselves, we saturate ourselves in God's word to understand him better. We learn about God. It's just natural the way things work. If we want to discover something about somebody or something, we actually begin to learn about that. 
a great example of that. We went to Fraser Island earlier this year as a family, which is fantastic. There's a whole stack of sand driving on that island. I'm not greatly experienced on sand driving, so what do you think I did before we went on that holiday? Someone said YouTube? Yep, YouTube. That's a great place. Well, it's generally a great place to go, YouTube. You can get some bad stuff there as well. What did I, do? I went to YouTube, and what did I do? Watched a whole stack of videos on how not to get bogged, and then watching other videos of how people did get bogged in sand. What was I doing? Learning. I was finding out information. What do I do when I get into that situation? It's just natural, the process, we want to learn. We go and learn about that. Well, we do just the same with God and with life. How do I respond in this situation? Lord, I don't know. Well, God's written it down for me. So I can actually learn. That's how I respond. That's the renewal of my mind that takes place. So we read the Bible. We come to God's word and we pick it up and we read. Not only do we read, which is critically important we do, but we're learning from God's word right now. This is what's such a pivotal part of our service on a Sunday. We open up the Bible and we read two verses and say, what's happening in these two verses? How does that work in my life? So we actually begin to slowly pull that apart and think, what's going on here, Paul? Why are you writing this to us? Why, why has this happened? So we read and we also come and we sit under God's word as we actually hear it declared and spoken and, and talked about. We do that. See, God, the Bible is God's gift of grace to transform our thinking. It really, really is. God's given this immensely powerful tool here in just the simplicity of reading this book and, whoop, and stuff falling out of it as well, that just he works through that. He changes our mind. He changes our thinking. And this is the path of transformation and growth in our lives. The Bible gets us thinking correctly when we're faced with situations in life. We learn how to process situations and circumstances. What do I do when this pressure is put on me from the people in this world? How do I respond? Well, I come to God's word and he tells me how to respond and he gives me his spirit to carry out that response. We learn how to understand what's going on in this world, why things are the way they are. It's fantastic. But we need to do it again and again and again. We don't just read it once and walk away from it because part of our brokenness is we are easily forgetful. Easily forgetful. I come back and I read Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I, maybe I've read that maybe 1,000, 1,500 times, just those couple of verses. You don't just read it once and I've got it. I read it again this week and it just speaks afresh into my heart again. It just, it just comes alive again. So this is what happens with God. This is the supernatural aspect of what the Bible's all about. It just speaks to me again. Todd, you need to be transformed. How, Paul? By the renewal of your mind. It just afresh again comes to me. Do that. And think about the years and years and years of corrupted thinking we have. It doesn't undo overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. We've got to keep coming back and being changed again, changed again, and we will. Slowly but surely it happens. It is a slow process, a really slow process. And the reason being because we've all developed patterns, what we might call broken reflex reactions. Over you know, faulty thinking over years and years and years. Somebody does something or somebody says something and we just follow a similar repeated pattern of broken responses. And those patterns aren't easy to shift. 
they're really difficult to break really difficult to break sometimes it feels like when i'm trying to renew my mind through god's word and the spirit working through it sometimes it feels like two steps forward one step backwards two steps forward it's like that it's just a slow difficult painful process and sometimes the rut the rut of faulty thinking actually feels safe I feel comfortable even though I know it's wrong because I just I don't want to go through the process of change. I feel comfortable thinking in this faulty... I know it's wrong, but I just somehow still feel comfortable thinking that way. God doesn't want to leave us there. He calls us into the path of change and transformation. God rescues us from these broken mindsets so we don't keep going down the same old pathway of pain and hurt. What does Jesus tell us? He tells us it's the truth... It's the truth of who he is that sets us free from these chains and bondages of faulty thinking. Look at what he says in John chapter 8. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, just stop there. If you abide in my word, if you live in my word, if you take my word into your life, if you do that, you are truly my disciples. And you will know that truth, abiding in his word, and that truth will set you free that truth will set you free how does this thinking work then how does this thinking work someone says something nasty or hurtful towards you we've all been there very often immediately your mind begins to respond it's just as soon as you read the email or the text message or the snapchat or whatever it might be something's written there and your mind kicks into response how am i going to respond to this Often you can, without any audible words, you can hear the words in the back of your mind being formed. You can nearly see the words in the front of your eyes. Nothing's happened yet, but you can, you can, you're forming a response. You can actually feel your emotions rising one way or the other. You can feel this happening as the response is forming in your mind. You can feel your emotions rising up and you just want to just let it all out on the keyboard boards straight out your mouth you want to inflict as much hurt as you can over them it's only like it just wants to come out and you can feel it right there what do i do with that bitter thought that i can see forming in my mind how do i handle that how do i process that see this is the battlefront we spoke about last week This is the battle that takes place not so much in the physical, but in the mental and the spiritual. You you, you can feel the thought there. It's wanting to erupt. It's wanting to explode. It's wanting to just dump over everybody. How am I going to deal with that thought that I can see forming in my mind that comes from a thousand different moments through the day? Well, we come back to the renewal of our mind. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we recall what God says to us in those types of situations. Our thinking's got to change. And it says this in James chapter 1. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Can you see how God's word just renews your mind? Tells me what to do. Tells me how to think. Tells me how to respond. 
It's the presence of mind that God gives us. Hearing God's word, working with the Holy Spirit to grasp that truth. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. Quick to listen. Help me to listen, Lord. Help me not just want to fly back at the response. Help me to listen. So how do I react? Through God's strength and grace? Just hold my tongue. Just hold my tongue in submission to God. God's word also informs me as I look at that person and understand that hurtful text or hurtful message or hurtful thing they've said to me, they're broken. They're broken. Sure, they're spewing out something they shouldn't and it's really hurtful to me, but they're broken. I'm thinking about the other person, not thinking about myself. And what do they need? Do they need my anger in response or do they need my love in response and my understanding? They don't need my anger. That's not going to help the situation. They need my love in response. That's the beautiful change that God calls us to. And it's only the gospel, it's only the presence of the Holy Spirit that actually can bring that change into our lives. That's the change that Jesus is working in our heart from the inside. Starts on the inside and begins to work its way to the outside. It's an inside-out transformation that produces a life of worship, of enjoying the God who's saved us and changed us and transformed us. This is the life of transformational worship that God calls us to. This is the gospel being worked out in everyday situations and everyday moments that come to us in the hundreds every day. Okay, so if we wrap this up, where do we land with Romans chapter 12 and hearing that? What are you and I going to do today with what the Holy Spirit's saying to us really clearly here through this passage? Do we just let it hit us and bounce off? Is that Paul's intention here as he writes this letter to the Romans? Is that God's intention here through the Holy Spirit as we, as we just look at these two verses? What do we do with this as we hear this? We think again of what's taken place in the previous 11 chapters. What God has done for us in Christ. Unpacking the gospel that God has loved us so much he sends his only son to die for us, to rescue us, but also to change us. So I bear that in mind. What a glorious God who's loved me and done that for me. So now God gives me this restoring grace through his word so that I can be transformed and changed through our minds. I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to take and use what God has given to me, not to just let it bounce off me, to take it in and to think on it. I have a responsibility to change I'm being asked to change here. We are to work with the Holy Spirit and to put that change into place. We read and we renew our minds. We pray for grace to think differently. We pray for grace to act differently. This change takes place from within. And then we do the hard work of implementing that change. Not easy. We learn to be submissive and humble. 
we learn to, I'm not going to respond the way I used to respond. I'm not going to do that anymore. It's a combination of us working with God's spirit with new thinking. I'm not going to live the way I used to live. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to react out of anger anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to work with God's spirit to stop that. I'm not going to throw pity parties anymore. Because that's another sinful response as well, throwing a pity party about life. I'm going to stop making excuses and blaming everyone and everything else for the troubles in my life. Because it's not about that either. It's about me. It's about my change. It's not about everybody else. They may have an impact or an influence upon me, but I can't make excuses for what they're doing. I've got to be responsible for me. And this ongoing change or sanctification is God's will for our lives, to put it into practice, to live it out. And this change produces the peaceable fruits of right living, a joyful relationship with God. This change, as we implement it into place, glorifies God. It actually makes God look great. And this change fosters and grows a relationship of joy and peace with God. Hard work, but as we engage in that path, it just grows us in peace and grows us in joy. This change makes Jesus look glorious. Paul finishes here. Don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come now around your word. We ask and pray, Holy Spirit, please, please work deeply in our hearts with this change. God, today we we read those words. Let them settle upon us, I pray. Let them stir us, I pray. Let them convict us, I pray. Let them challenge us, I pray. That, Lord, they wouldn't be just mere words, but they would be the words of God affecting change in our heart. Lord, we long for change. We long for transformation. I pray today that we would do this initially and primarily through the renewal of our mind. That our thinking would change. We would no longer be shaped by this world and its attitudes that are trying to squeeze us into its mould, trying to find our life there. Help us not to buy into that lie, Lord. Help us not to believe that deception, I pray. Help us to get the truth and get it deep into our heart and see change. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us with the hard decisions we have to make. Help us, Lord, when we have to walk away from certain people or certain friends or certain situations. Give us the courage and the boldness and the presence of mind to do that. And that, Lord, through that I pray that our joy and our peace and our hope would just grow exponentially in you. That we would experience a just vital living and loving relationship with a glorious God who's rescued and saved us. And invites us, Lord, down the path of change. Lord, today we ask and we pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust you have enjoyed our Bible talk from today. If you have any questions or comments from today's talk, please feel free to contact us at info at exchangechurch.org.au. Also, we love to welcome new people at Exchange Church in person, so consider yourself invited to be with us.